0: You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network.
1: Everybody, you call us the robbery! you fucking pissed moans! I'm all that's to shoot every motherfucking
2: last one of you! I've got... An issue with Tom Pett. I love Tom Pett. Yeah, oh, rest in peace. This is the part of the show where we speak ill of rest the dead. Rest in peace. This is. Fun. I'm about to. I'm about to speak All ill right. of the dead and some of the living. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a part of the story and I'm gonna Tarantino it back. Oh. So I can't stand Red Hot Chili Peppers. Confession. Okay. I it's don't not really like a hot red take. Red Hot Chili Peppers, is it not? Because I feel like everybody <laughs> in my generation, especially like when I was in high school so, and coming up in my like twenties, early even early thirties, like everyone in my generation loves the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
0: They're definitely a band for their time. Like I would, they don't necessarily have staying power. Like yeah. they have one sound and they're not progressing. Like if you like their sound, congratulations, and they have a handful of good songs uh-huh. from back in the nineties and maybe early aughts. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, how. How many times can we hear just... What's that guy's name? Anthony Kiedis? Yeah,
2: just... Exactly. Uh, all right, so you you said something that was key here, oh. that they have a particular sound, mm-hmm. and people either like it or they don't, and it doesn't really have... It doesn't have legs with it. A lot of range, yeah. Uh, so I realized something. Tom Petty has a song that sounds like a fucking Chili Peppers <laughs> oh, tune no which one Last Dance with Mary Jane uh, oh my my oh, oh hell yeah you gotta, gotta put on, put on your party dress like you could totally hear Anthony Kiedis doing that and there's a bass line yeah okay no now you're doing Sweet Home no, Alabama so- <laughs> <laughs> it's something similar.
0: Turn to
2: it up.
0: Okay, so is it that Tom Petty has a Red Hot Chili Pepper sounding song, or do the Red Hot Chili Peppers have a Tom Petty sounding no, song? No, no.
2: Tom Petty in this one instance, because not all Tom Petty songs sound like this, mm-hmm. or else I wouldn't be a fan of Tom Petty. But that one song in particular, today, I right. just driving home, I was like, damn it, this sounds like Last a Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Mary Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Not so, so it rubbed me the wrong way for, for once in my life Tom Petty rubbed me the wrong way You think
0: maybe he was uh, listening to that song As he was going off into the The, the great the, wide open the afterlife Into the great, great wide, wide open, open yeah. <laughs> uh, No be I, don't ironic. Th- I don't think he was I don't, think so? don't you think uh, I don't know Do you think bands listen to their own music uh, Do you think asshole podcasters <laughs> Listen to their own podcast <laughs> Listen I have to Because I have to edit it That's my excuse you mean it doesn't just do it itself? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about narcissistic uh, radio
2: hosts yeah. here. do coming up soon. I've been sitting here for five <laughs> years. We've been doing this for five years. Uh, no, so uh, seen uh, any d- good movies? Just, you know, I haven't. Oh, I really. We haven't watched any any new movies. Mm. Just kind of uh, keeping it Wait, on the DL. Didn't you see Toy Story four? Nope. Sarah and Harper saw Toy Story. Uh,
0: oh, you were not there. No, no oh, interesting.
2: We tried to go as a family the night before. We tried to get a sitter and then realized like it was just too much work to try to get someone to come over at the last minute yeah. for us all to go. In fact, someone was willing to come out. We had a sitter that was willing to come out and then it was like, uh it's just now we're just not prepared to mm. get ready and head out. Uh so the next day I went out to uh to the theater. Grabbed two tickets for Sarah and Harper Aww. uh and then came back home for them and she, you know Harper had a birthday party she went to it was a big sunday party Excellent Harper. fathering so well i mean it wasn't like a big surprise like sarah and i had talked about No it. still but you provided <laughs> for your want, family Just to keep it fair though like i didn't want to paint a false picture of like yeah so I went on bought tickets I Remember? did a Joel Burnson and wrote a poem oh, please. I wrote a soliloquy about my wife Shut and my children up, look, my and God. then uh, took them to uh, to to hey, I haven't done anything for my kids to Budapest <laughs> <laughs> where we, we wandered the beach. Are there beaches in Budapest? Um, not that we wandered. Are, are, there <laughs> are there lakes? There's a big river. Where, we uh, were a riverside in Budapest. You may be swept There was a away. beautiful view. And we were swept away by our emotions <laughs> as I presented them these tickets to Toy Story 4. Uh, Did now, you get the review, though, from the, your, your lovely wife? How well, was it? Well, uh, they, they said that it was good. Okay. I, I got the review was, it's a good movie. Mm. It's Here's my, my issue. Not having seen the film. Mm-hmm. I already thought that a Toy Story 3 almost 20 years later yeah. was a little too pushing too it. far. It was pushing it, but it was still a good film. It was, it was good. Really good, but
0: it was just too little too late. A lot of people have that up there, oh, oh that's the best Toy Story film, part it's three. A,
2: it's a really good movie, but the thing is, I don't think it's the best. I no. think it has the most adult uh, yes. uh, themes going on. Oh, yeah. So Fucking it's dark. easier now for people who have grown up with the franchise. Yes, they're still identifying with it. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, that the trick that it's pulling to make you think that it's the best of the series. Um, no, and so when I found out, they, like, I felt the third one, while maybe unnecessary and too late, really put a, a fine bow on the yep, story. Really like, did. I don't think we need to say anything more. Passing then,
0: the torch from Andy onto little
2: Bonnie. Yeah, and uh, everybody kind of has their stories wrapped up. Again, so now to to introduce a number four. Yeah, oh, what really? Why? And it doesn't look like it's bad. But I'm like, geez. it's got it's th- like fucking ninety eight percent on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. It's but. probably a fantastic film. Sure, but it makes me sit back and go, could our efforts not have been? <laughs> you know, kind of siphoned into something I else? remember
0: a time when I was excited for every single Pixar movie that was being released, and then they just started getting into sequel territory. It, and exa- I was just about to point out, it was when they
2: started with the sequels. It used to be every Dory. Pixar movie was this original new yeah. story. yeah. And then Disney got their hands on it and bought Pixar, and like, you're now ours. But you know what? Toy Story 2 was one of the
0: early ones. Like, you know, that was like their fifth or sixth film. Uh, and that's fantastic. So it's not like they can't do bad sequels, but not... Finding Nemo did not need a sequel. I fell asleep in the middle of Finding Nemo Finding Gory. Nemo didn't need a sequel. not good. Cars Monsters did not need Inc. didn't two need a sequel.
2: No, it didn't. Well, Cars technically has like four sequels because they did like oh, rescue planes. that's not them.
0: It's, that's not but, Pixar. But still, it's that's that property. Canon. It's that property. Is it?
2: Yeah, it takes place. Dude, the trailers would say, in the world of Cars, it's Dane Cook <laughs> as a rescue plane. Oh, no. Is he really? Is that Dane Cook? <laughs> yes. I wondered where I he went. I up. That's weird.
0: Yeah, he went into the world of cars. It's always funny when uh, he's like the Eddie Murphy of our era. <laughs> like he's an R-rated stand-up comedian. Really? I think who, Eddie Murphy is the
2: Eddie Murphy of our era.
0: There is no one else like Eddie Murphy. Where is Eddie Murphy now? I don't know.
2: kind of semi-retired? But you know, hmm. uh, someone who might know where Eddie Murphy is. Freddie is Murphy? The director of the movie we're about to talk about. I'm not what? trying to segue into it. Oh, But she's worked with him a couple times on a couple of pretty bad movies. That did, he did she? Yeah. What, what movies? I Spy? Remember that? Nope. You don't remember I Spy? <laughs> I do the, not. The movie he did with Owen Wilson. Oh. And he, she also did Dr. Doolittle. Ooh.
0: Yeah. I did not spy <laughs> that either reaction, of those films. Right, that
2: reaction right there pretty much says it all. That did not... That, that did little for me. <laughs> Doolittle did little. <laughs> that did little for us, dude. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else before we move on here. Hmm. What else is coming up? Oh, dude, up? you know what? I was realizing last week, mm. I never let you finish talking about... Uh, Men in Black. Black. Uh, Because this whole stream of
0: consciousness bullshit. I don't know that it's so much you didn't let me finish more than that I was finished talking about that film. Uh, Here's my quick review. Uh, Speaking of unnecessary sequels, definitely an unnecessary sequel. However, I was willing to give it a a shot Uh because if any franchise that I love and was in need of a reboot, that was one of them. I love that first one. The second one is abysmal, like just horrible. Yeah. And then the third one kind of came back around, and all right, I, they they almost redeemed themselves. Still not near the genius of the, of the first Men in Black, in my opinion. <laughs> why, why are you laughing? I don't understand why you're <laughs> laughing. It's a, it's a statement. It's a fact. Oh, okay. So, um, but, uh, so, and... Hell of a cast, right? I fucking Liam Neeson and Chris Hemsworth. But what about the Liam Neesons? Tessa Thompson basically kind of recreating their chemistry. Yeah, uh, and, and that is the highlight of the film. Does Liam Neeson pull a, like a, a dies in the first like five minutes of the movie mm, kind of thing? No, not really. But he's not really in it much. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yeah, yeah, she comes yeah. comes
2: back. I forgot she was even in that third one. Hey, dude. Yeah, who wins in a fight, Emma Thompson or Tessa Thompson? Uh, mm. The fight of the Thompsons. The Thompson twins. I think you got to give it to Tessa Thompson, but how about
0: Emma Thompson versus Emma Watson? Wow. The beauty well, of the are, they, are they in Hogwarts? Or are they
2: in the Beauty and the Beast world? Because uh, if it's Beauty and the Beast world, Emma Thompson, hands down. Yes. She's an enchanted tea, teapot. <laughs> yes. So I think, in, but in Hogwarts, I think Emma Watson takes it. Oh, really? Yeah. Young Little Hermione? Yeah. Long, young Little Hermione was past, She had a time turner. That's she a could, good point. If she could turn back time, <laughs> if she could find a way. If only they would have had that in the sequels. There would have only been four Harry Potter movies. Would that be excellent? Like, just like they did at the end of Deadpool 2. Just every time Hermione used the time turner, it just you just hear, ding, ding, <laughs> if I could turn back time. I, you know, it bothers, Harry it bothers me when we have devices like that in movies, and then they're like conveniently forgotten. Yeah, when shit really hits the fan, like Doctor Strange with the Time Stone, Mm-hmm-hmm. you know, with what he did with Dormammu at the end of Doctor Strange. Would you talking about my mom? And I'm like, why couldn't we have done that in the fight against Thanos? Like, yeah. okay, would have come in handy. <laughs> Star Lord lost his shit, kind of fucked up the plan. Brrr, rewind <laughs> it and maybe stop it for a second and be like, hey, yo, this time, dude, <laughs> handle your shit. <laughs> this time, pull it together. <laughs> All right, we'll go find your girlfriend.
0: It's going to be hard to watch a third Guardians of the Galaxy now knowing that because you know, he went from he went from hero to zero just like that. Yeah, dude. And uh now it's going to be like, oh come on, you know, just why don't you give the reins to Thor? He uh-huh. clearly knows what he's Although he's kind of a fuck
2: up too. A, a little bit, but Should have gone for the head. But it's not <laughs> he, he, I don't think you could say that it's his fault that anything happened here's my problem with it is that star Lord is a beloved character. Like we came to really love him yeah. in that first guardians mm-hmm. movie. The second one kind of solidified it, but then like they almost, uh, they almost, if there's a way to castrate someone of their deeds of the character growth and development, yeah. they did that with him mm-hmm. in infinity war. Uh, and so it is going to be tough for me to watch a new guardians movie and kind of be on his side and, yeah. w- and watch. that. He's going to really have to redeem himself. Yeah, poor and James Gunn.
0: He's like, "What did you fucking do to my character?"
2: <laughs> well, what are you talking about? We're giving you the chance to build it again from the ground up. However, huh? speaking of Marvel directors, oh. I saw this news today: Taika Waititi. Yes, yeah, Fox that. and Marvel or Fox and Disney have gotten him working on the new Flash Gordon. He's a hot property man. Dude, he is, is all over the place. What a brilliant bit of fucking work, right
0: there. Uh, and also, he's he's directing the uh, Akira movie.
2: Yeah, as well, Akira, Akira. Akira. Akira! No, this is is key. Akira. (laughs) Akira. Akira. Uh, CBC. To me, it sounds like I'm saying the same thing. Uh, All right, this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies, sometimes they're good movies, sometimes bad movies, no matter what the case. We will uh, get together every week and try to watch a movie and then talk about it with each other, uh, tear it apart, dissect it, see what it did right, what it did wrong, and then try to... Put it back together, maybe a little bit better than it was in the first place. Mm. And we invite you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, to join the discussion if you're on Facebook. Hey. We've been doing the Facebook Live thing the past couple of weeks now, mm-hmm. where you can comment back to us, talk to us in real time.
0: And just when you thought you had our schedule nailed down to uh, <laughs> Tuesdays at 9 p.m., here we are at uh, 8.40. Yeah. I don't know why you looked at your watch. There's a
2: clock right there. That you...
0: There's clocks everywhere. I'm surrounded by clocks. You really are. You're like uh, the Cosmo kid from uh, from Hook. <laughs> I'm like in that, uh, Dr. Emmett Brown's... Yeah, that's right. right. At the beginning. His workshop yeah, there you go. with Einstein. There's plutonium under the couch. You don't know that. Well, mm-hmm. that
2: explains why my balls keep getting smaller. <laughs> All right. So uh, so we invite you to take part in the discussion. Yeah. And uh, so this week, my pick, uh, I, I've been wanting to talk about this movie for a while. Yeah? Uh, like I said last week, for... For a myriad of reasons. I wanted Sarah to see this movie because I don't think she had yet, and she hadn't. Uh, and it was fun sitting down and, and watching this. Oh, did her. she make it all the she way through? She sure did, yes. Nice. And, and it was it was fascinating, mm. the, the reaction, the, the discussion we had afterwards. Interesting. Um, but <laughs> also because it's a movie that I remember really loving, and I thought it was kind of groundbreaking in its, its comedy at the time. But I feel like we've seen things that have pushed the envelope way more well, than sure. this movie has. Over 20 years old now. And, and just how does this material age over time? Hmm. Uh, so I thought that would be an interesting thing for us to tackle. And then the final point, the fact that I am a 21-year veteran of radio... Uh and and there are times where I still really miss it a lot. Sure, I can see uh, why. I have a uh, <laughs> I no, see, I no, I, I, don't, you mean I don't mean that vaseiously. I mean yeah, it's
0: uh it's it's the work family, right? Yeah, yeah. It
2: is. And especially when you get to work with really good people. Mm-hmm. Like my time with iHeart, uh Clear Channel back when I was with them, they turned they, they became iHeart mm-hmm. soon after. Uh but the people that I got to work with then we're like family. Like, when you you spend over 20 years with a certain group of people, they're kind of like family. And I think we've talked about this before. Like, iHeart, compared to my two years working with Cumulus, the folks at Cumulus, like, I had had to leave early to go and finalize paperwork to buy my house. And these people lost their shit because, like, I wasn't in the office. Not because anything needed to be done, but because I wasn't sitting at my desk. They were losing their shit. iHeart... My mother passes away. I, I immediately that next that night, I went from the hospital to my studio at work and just sat there, worked, wrote my bosses and told them, like, hey, I'm gonna be going out of town in yeah. a couple of days, so just letting you know I'm gonna be out because my mother passed away. And the first thing everybody did, they wrote me back, they're like, Why are you even at work? Get the hell out of here and I'm like, I just I don't know where I'll... it's kinda like, um, I can't remember what the movie was, but like someone's like, you need to get out of here, and this girl's like, I don't have anywhere else to go. Oh, it was Armageddon, where they're telling oh, yeah. like Liv Tyler, yeah. you need to get out of here, and she's like, where I don't am I gonna have go? anywhere else to go. And that's kind of how I felt. I was like, I don't have anywhere else to go. Like, mm-hmm. I've lost my family, but this is, this my, is family. my family. This is my family. And so, uh, so they were very sweet. They sent flowers to the field, like Aww. beautiful card, like and, and it was great. Like people afterwards were very warm. When my when my daughter was born, like. They sent cards. They sent a fucking uh, like a Noah's Ark filled with stuffed <laughs> stuffed animals and stuff in it. That's awesome. With a, it was it was great. It was really touching. Uh, and so to have that kind of work, family, and those those relationships that you develop. Did we have problems? Yes. Oh sure. There were absolutely like problems. Family. There. Are, I mean, there are PDs that I worked for that I resented because That's I I program like, director for yeah, the <laughs> initiative. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that I felt like they didn't appreciate what I could bring. But then hindsight being what it is, I didn't really put in the work. At the time. I just kind right. of expected They're it to be handed you. to me. Right. Of like, you know, hey, you guys should see the brilliance that's here. <laughs> and instead, now here I am doing a fucking podcast. Is,
0: we see the brilliance, Joe. Um, Don't worry.
2: But but it, it, just all that to say, like, there is a difference. There was a difference between working with iHeart and that family that hmm. you develop. And that the thing that nurtured my love for radio. And what radio meant to me. And still means to me. And then what Cumulus, in not so many words, took away. Well...
0: I think it's become clear that the the, the talents. Uh, there are some exceptions, obviously. There's still a lot of big names in uh, in, in terrestrial radio, as they call it, but. Sure. Uh, the, the the industry is moving towards podcast and or Sirius XM. Maybe yeah. would you say? I mean, like who who? It's, is it's still... moving to internet radio. I mean, yeah.
2: internet radio stream. I mean, I tell you what, the smartest thing terrestrial radio could have ever done is put together apps where you could stream stations. Oh instead. yeah, absolutely. That, that is the best that terrestrial radio is going to be able to do to keep up with the ever changing right. times. Yeah. But the, the the simple fact of the matter is, we are in a weird we we we're in like remember at the end of that uh, that horrible Escape from L.A. movie, which I love. Yes, I but do. But that, that Escape from L.A. movie where and Kurt Steve Russell, shimmies. where Snake Plissken hits the reset button oh, yes. and kills electronics. And like, basically, we're, have, we're starting over. Mm, Planet it's, of the Apes. It's kind of like what we're doing now. It's like with internet radio and podcasts. Yeah. Like, radio's starting over. They have to start over. They have to evolve or else they will completely die. Uh, but one of the things that has been great for radio from the beginning till now and someone who's been able to stay ahead of most of the trends is Howard Stern and that's why I wanted to talk about this movie Private Parts uh, from 1997 directed Mm -hmm. by Betty Thomas who we talked about recently on Troop Beverly Hills that's right Uh, she also directed the Brady Bunch movie oh no way Dr. (laughs) Doolittle 28 Days I Spy and Alvin and the Chipmunks The Squeakquel oh no not even the original not the first one Uh, the budget for this movie was 28 million yep and it brought in a modest $41.2 million. I mean, that's to be expected for something. Because in 1997. I, 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 I don't think that's bad for a, a movie
0: about no. Howard Stern. And especially considering, like, he wasn't in 100% of markets. Yes. Like, I don't think the DFW area got him until uh, early 2000s. No, right? no, 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 no. No, we
2: had him in the early, uh, late 80s through the. Really? Like, yeah, through the late 90s. We had Howard Stern. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, uh, I enjoyed listening. I listened to Howard every, uh, when I used to work overnights on the soft rock station. Oh, that's I right. I would listen to Howard on my way home and uh, just loved him and just ate up everything he did. I thought everything he did was fantastic. Like all the characters, the 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 drama that they drummed up, oh, whether, yeah. whether it was artificial or something that actually just ha- happened. It, you know, there just serendipity would hit and some weird things would happen on his show and, and there you go. But at the center of it was this it's going to be a dramatic term, but at the center of it, this mastermind who is kind of conducting the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's, uh, that's, uh, I I just, the (laughs) dude is, he is a radio hero for me. Like I, I really look up to what the guy has accomplished and try to emulate that sometimes here. Like there are times, and we'll talk about it in the movie where he's talking to his wife and he's like, sometimes I feel like I don't say enough. And I feel like when I start, I pull myself back, I should just keep going. Let it go. And I was telling, I was like, you know, those times when you get frustrated that I blurt something out (laughs) That is like that's kind of where I'm getting it from. It's, like I feel like it's, I should yeah. just go for it. WWHSD. <laughs> what would what Howard, Howard Stern, Stern do? do? Uh, all right, so other movies from 1997. Oh, yeah, this is kind of a big list, so I'm gonna try to skip where. Skip us can. the highlights. Face Off, not the highlight. <laughs> Con Air, mm. Starship Troopers, Ooh. as good as it gets. <laughs> Boogie Nights, Goodwill oh, Hunting. Now you're talking. Gattaca. The Full Monty, The Game, Devil's Advocate, Batman oh. and Robin, Donnie uh-huh. Brasco, Air Force One, Amistad, or also known as A Time to Kill on a Boat. <laughs> and then Speed 2 Cruise Control, also known as Speed oh, on a Boat. We did that on this podcast. <laughs> Chasing Amy came out Hell in seven, yeah, Don Bluth's Anastasia. Oh, God. Alien Resurrection, Men in Black, Jackie Brown. Hell, yeah. The Lost World, Jurassic Park, and Titanic. Oh, it's, wow. So um, pretty stellar year there, Yeah, well I mean private parts had a lot of competition there. Yeah, yeah. Uh what was the number one song in
0: 1997? 1997. Let's see. Uh, we're looking at well, now we're in we're in like Britney Spears territory, so it's got to be like Hit Me Baby, right?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. No, it's Elton John's <laughs> Candle in the Wind 1997. Oh, of course, cuz Princess Diana. You know what? But of course, wait a minute though. Like my Fuck. thing is that's the same year Titanic came out. You're telling me it's not that fucking "My Heart Will Go On" song? Maybe you know what?
0: You know why though? Because that movie didn't come out until uh, winter oh. of '97, so it wasn't until uh, so you know, this w- that would have been the number one song in '98, 98, probably. Yeah, okay. but also fuck Elton John, fuck Elton John, and that song. Listen, I know it's popular. I know you, you and I have the, the same, same opinion here. If you're, uh, I, this I, was
2: his friend. This if, was someone yes. he had like a friendly relationship with. Yes. And the best tribute he could come up Thank with you. was recycling a fucking song. He write wrote a for, new song. Yeah, you exactly. can't be moved.
0: Like we know you're talented. We know you. You have a, a plethora of uh, of of hits that you've written. Right. You're great at melody. How creatively bankrupt must you be to be like? Uh, I'll just put new lyrics, lyrics. and it's not even like something was like, "Oh, somebody gave him a deadline, and we need it by the end of this week." Like yeah. this was self-imposed; uh-huh. like he took it upon himself to change the
2: lyrics, right? of his beloved song it's, as a tribute. Like, what if Michael Jackson changed the lyrics to "Dirty Diana"? Yeah, <laughs> to be a tribute to Princess Princess Diana. <laughs> oh. No. Totally, it would have been way off. <laughs> it would have but, been uh,
0: just as uh, creatively bankrupt.
2: You know, yeah. Dave Matthews' band did a tribute to Diana. Yeah. What? Crash into uh, me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Poor Diana. <laughs> Rolling in her grave. Well, I mean, because she never stopped after that's hitting true, that wall. That's true. That's so bad. I really need to fucking stop. This is so dark. But this is the Howard it's, Stern movie it's coming the Howard out. Howard Stern. There you go. Uh, That's okay. what he would have done. So Howard Stern's Private Parts. Yes. Have you seen this movie before?
0: I had seen this before. Yeah, I, I didn't quite see it in theaters, but as soon as it was released on video, uh, I had heard the buzz. I I knew. I knew Hi Ashley. I knew of the uh, character. Please don't talk to the Facebook. Please. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I knew of I knew of him, uh, but like I said, wasn't really listening then. Uh, and and when I had listened. I wasn't as huge of a fan as you were. Uh, it was a little. T- you're from New York, so yes, you're of that <laughs> that? You're from New York, so automatically, you're an asshole. You like all things. <laughs> well, there's. I think you will agree. There is something about New Yorkers that that I, I have come to admire. That I don't have in myself. Yeah, uh, they cut through all the bullshit, right? They don't have time for it. Like we still have they, our own bullshit. We still no, have plenty no, of bullshit. But I mean, like in, here in Texas, it's oh hi, how are you? How is your day? A we lot have of no pleasantries. time. No like, time for that. No time for that shit. Yeah. It's like cut to the chase. I'm going to let you know how I feel. That doesn't mean I hate you. It doesn't mean we're not going to make up in five seconds. Right. But uh, we don't. We don't. We don't play those games. Sure. Uh, and very t- too abrasive for my delicate sensibilities. At least back in the '90s, uh-huh. and uh, I just didn't appreciate. It's the same reason. Uh, it took me a while to get into the office. I'm watching The Office now, oh my God. but so much of The Office is awkward. It's, it's it's not everybody on that show is great. There's there's kind of some horrible people on that show. Yeah, uh, and the same could be said maybe for the Howard Stern show. Not that they're horrible, but. Um, hearing people fight and yell at each other really stresses me out yeah.
2: especially when it's tinged with me, that New lem, York accent let me, let me ask you this tell me did your parents fight when you were a kid no no and that was the thing okay. I wasn't exposed to that everything gotcha.
0: was done behind closed doors and in front of us was oh hey everything's okay mommy and daddy love each other it's gonna be alright which is why I have a problem with conflict now in my adulthood uh-huh. I thank god for Jenna she's kind of helped bring <laughs> that out of me no 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 I, god bless her but uh, in late 90s I was not in touch with that part of myself gotcha. and I'd like to hear that. I'm all about the hey, happy go lucky, everything's fine. Let's sure. listen to uh Yeah, some Smash Mouth. Pugs and Kelly. Here, you know? <laughs> P- Pugs and <laughs>
2: Oh my god! It's a Dallas reference there. Well, yeah. Well, or if you lived in Chicago, or Chicago, that's right. Yeah. They're the uh, the the male and female. Like they each had, they both sounded alike though. Like there were times <laughs> where they would like talk, and I wouldn't know which one was talking. I'd be yeah, like similar. They both sounded like Marge Simpson's sisters. He's
0: got he's got a high register, <laughs> and she has a smoker's voice. yes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but entertaining nonetheless. They were they were fun. Yeah. Um, but so, but very milk a toast compared to milk
2: uh, milk toast. Milk toast. <laughs> I did it again, <laughs> goddammit! Cut that part out. I'll cut that part out. Uh, so <laughs> so as far as biopics go, mm-hmm. um, which I used to thought think
0: was a biopics. Really? When I would read it in print, <laughs> I was like, I don't understand what well, eyewear has with, to do with
2: biopics. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the uh, the movie does something that. I think is kind of like you're used to it when it's a documentary, and they're they're really kind of going for that documentary style with this movie, which I think works when you're going with the autobiography of somebody who's yeah. in radio, someone who's still alive. Uh, when they're
0: doing like those man on the street interviews, well, the, the man
2: on street, yeah, the man on the street interviews, the Gary Delabate interstitials that are kind of like title cards yeah. for what's coming up next. <laughs> I love those. which I love. I think those are great. I think it's very important to point out to people like those are completely staged. Like I just if you're, yeah. if, you're from, if you watch this movie. And you see, especially the part where like the guy's got his girlfriend in the car, in the na- and she's like, "Come naked, on, yeah. you should, guys! Well, thanks for nothing." Like that is completely staged. That <laughs> of was course. scripted. They're not really like they're they're are ways to know. But it's an
0: it's an homage to the types of of things that they that would they would do, do on the radio the stunts. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. Uh, so no, I guess what bothered me is we're doing this autobi- autobiographical film, mm-hmm. and we have actors playing his parents. Some of them, we have yeah. an actor playing his wife. Right. And then we cut to the man on the street interviews and it's these actors talking about talking about like, yeah, that bothers me. Like, I almost would have preferred like, hey, look, I can suspend disbelief and see these actors acting like his parents and acting like his spouse. But when you come back for like the regular interview, like, why not let that be his actual parents? Why not let that be his actual wife? There's a movie with uh, speaking of Paul Giamatti, who is also in this film. There's a movie with
0: Paul Giamatti. Called Spider Amazing Spider-Man Two American Splendor American. It's about Splendor. Harvey Pecker. Have you seen that film? I haven't. They do something really cool in that film because it's a, it's a similar thing where they've they've uh, they're telling a story about somebody who's still alive, but they have actors portraying. But but what they'll do they'll they'll cut to uh, interviews with the actual people. Yeah. But then they'll have the actors in the room, like, sitting behind them or sitting with them. That's cool. So you're kind of making that connection. Oh, here's Paul Giamatti, but here's the actual Harvey Harvey Peckar. Or Pecker or whatever his name is. Pecker. I thought it was Peckar. I don't know. They pronounce it Peckar in that film. Um, And I was like, oh, that's a cool way to do that. That's a cool way to bring the actual... Bring... You hear what I did? Bring... Bring the actual uh,
2: uh, personality into (laughs) the film. But still... You're like the human version of a cat. Like, you just, like, (laughs) entertain the fuck out of yourself bring did the, you hear what I did but bring still,
0: But because I surprised even myself but they still uh, are bringing and you didn't have to sit on your left hand to do it actual hey oh <laughs> still bring um, the uh, real actors into it to help tell these stories so yeah interesting that they're kind of combining real actors with the real personalities and also weird to kind of think that here they are recreating moments from their life yeah like you know, Howard Stern and Robin Quivers are the only two people who know how this conversation went down. Yeah. They're the only two who could 100% actually recreate it. But I doubt that's how it actually went down, right? No, there's but there's, there's got to be some dramatization, and there's got you got to have the director being in here, like, okay,
2: maybe that's how it actually went. But let's do this because this is going to make it an it's entertaining make, movie. It's got to be, it still has, and you have to you have to straddle that line. Is it going to be realistic, or is it going to play, you know, as a dramatic comedy? Is it got, you know, it's got to play to an audience. How as do you well? feel those played for you? I think they played fine. I, I did you believe it? I there there were a couple that I believed. I thought that the restaging of like when he goes to see Robin and she's showing an apartment or whatever. Yeah, I'm like I am absolutely a hundred percent certain this is not how this conversation went. No, That's such a sitcom moment, but it worked in the context of the movie. I agree. There's a weird like charm that Howard Stern has. There he's oh sure. There's a a bit of it, like at sometimes in this movie he's kind of a crap actor, but then at other times like. He's really natural. Like yeah. there are some points where I am like, "Wow!" Oh, with a little bit of training, like a little help, sure. you'd actually be pretty well, good in film. He's the king of all media, Joe. So of course. yeah, he's a, he's uh, got them all. But and
0: especially uh, some of the scenes with with Mary McCormick, who's playing his wife. Hey. Uh, and I know what you are going to say, but there are a few moments there where it's like, "Okay, he, I I I have been pulled out of uh, or or pulled into this this narrative, yeah, and I am no longer seeing them as
2: actors or or her as an
0: actress anyway. I am they're the real people as far as I, I, I think
2: I think because there is a realism to like the things that they say and like there there was something that initially it kind of rubbed me wrong and then I was like no actually there's some kind of it's pretty genuine like when they start arguing and he's like baby I love you what what is going yeah, on and like yeah. at first I thought like and my initial thought was like nobody talks like that and I went oh, oh yeah. fuck I talk like that mm-hmm. like I'm like baby I love you why would I try to hurt your feelings why would mm-hmm. I do so I think that's part of it is like there's something kind of genuine about the discussions that they're having with Mm -hmm. each other. But then there's also something kind of oogie about the whole deal because like you to watch this movie and like, to see like the trials and tribulations they went through, and yeah. you know how they came together and how they've overcome together, and then to realize like, <laughs> but he's actually now divorced with her, like, <laughs> yes. and he's with someone else. It's like this like, is a long he time. Traded ago. her in for like a for a newer model, hotter blonde. Yes, but uh, but like it's obviously everywhere you read, it's an amicable split. But sure, you got to think like there's something a little disingenuous about like how she ended up working through it and she's okay with it yeah. because obviously no, they weren't. Didn't there turn was, out that there way. was not something okay with it. Yeah. And that's the risk that you run when you make a biopic about someone who's still with when us. When you're still alive. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I thought Mary McCormick was pretty horrible oh, in what? most of this movie. Oh, my God. I thought she was fantastic. Really? I did not like oh, I thought like she her. was great. I, I thought she was... She's. This is not her... Be- I've seen her do well. I've seen her do good work. This is surprising, And I didn't think Joe. this was her best work. I am shocked at this because I thought of all the things that
0: are... Like, of, of the strongest performances in this film, I thought she she really delivered. Really? This, yeah. Really?
2: No, no. What, I just, what I was unbelievable? Was it the chemistry between think the two the, of them? when they put them in the, in the room after her miscarriage, mm-hmm. and the doctor's like, "If we could have pumped you with every bit of... Ju-. And also, I'll tell you, it could have also been a product of the fact that this movie seems super cut. Like, everything, every scene probably had a little bit more breathing room, a yeah. little bit more of a setup, and they really had to chop it down. And this scene feels like that in particular where, like, we could have pumped you full of every drug known to man and you still would have lost the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Hard cut to Mary McCormick. Crying, yeah. <laughs> like, we didn't get a sense, like, a chance to kind of get into it. So it makes her cry. It makes her emotional response to it seem fake.
0: I hear you, but I think that's the that's a result of the film moving at the clip that it does. Yeah. Because we're fifteen minutes in and already like they're getting married. It's uh-huh. like, oh, we just we've seen her in two scenes previously and <laughs> Dude, now all the, of a sudden The student film part, The student film is it's, awful.
2: It's so on the fucking nose, yes, though, it's very indicative of exactly, late 90s student films. That is exactly what, like, co- college students They're putting films so together. So fucking pretentious. Oh my god, it was perfect. I've
0: I've, I've made some of those, <laughs> yes. so I'm not going to criticize.
2: But yes, <laughs> uh, I guess. And and you you just touched on that. That like we're 15 minutes in, mm-hmm. and you know we've we've got it. We kind of hit the ground running. The way the the story moves, I don't think that this film is constructed properly. Now granted it follows the book as best as it can. Oh yeah. His you autobiography. Read the yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I've read I've read all of his books. Hmm. Uh, and and I think that whether he has a ghostwriter or not, like his books are pretty compelling. He's I don't got, think he needs a ghostwriter. Yeah, I, I, he's got it. He's yeah, got it yeah, all yeah. up here. Um I I think from a movie standpoint, when you're building a narrative though, I think that we we need him growing up and getting into radio, mm-hmm. and then we need to get into what the conflict is going to be. And that means, I think, that, like really exploring his relationship with Kenny at WNBC. Yes, which doesn't happen until the last... You have 20 minutes left act, in the movie. basically, yeah. of the film, yeah. And that's really where things start to take off. And
0: and it, it was... I hadn't seen this movie since it came out. That is what I remembered most about it. I remember the the he and his wife getting together and hooking up. And then I remembered, yes, his time at WWN, WWNBC. WNBC. Um, but a lot of that stuff in the middle, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. This is just a fluff because we need... To, it's, it's the progression of the story and here's how we got here. Uh-huh. And ultimately, that's my main criticism But it's where things get film. muddy. It's where things yeah. get...
2: Because, like, the, what is the point? What's the point, Walter? No, you're absolutely right. What's the right. point? Is the point him getting into radio? Is the point him and his wife... You know, kind of reconciling Mm -hmm. what he's going to share on the air, who he's going to be, and who he's going to be at home. Is it him winning at the radio station that he's at? Conflict with his
0: with his PDs exactly. (laughs) Is it
2: is it him mending the the broken relationship with Robin and like getting Mm -hmm. back? There's too much. Ultimately, it's all of it
0: because it's an autobiography and But
2: you need to pick one it's this is a film and so yeah. you need to pick one thing and that's where it got like muddied to the point where at the very end of the movie mm-hmm. he's finishing telling his story to Carol Alt on the plane and he turns the camera and he's like but Robin guys you know she stuck with me through <laughs> yeah. this whole thing yeah. and I'm like Robin isn't where we, or not Robin, Allison. Uh, Yeah, yeah, his wife. Allison is not where we started this journey. Mm -hmm. Allison, and I get it. Like, that's great. This story about what your wife went through and the things that she had to experience and, like, how you guys came together as as a couple, that's awesome. And that could be a strong B-plot to this movie. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that that's the message you want to end the movie But what is the message?
0: Like, there's no real message. Here's my story. It's my story. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
2: But... That means you don't have to tag that on there yeah. because it then when you tag something like that on there, like I said, it, it then makes, makes it feel seem... disingenuous when you've divorced your wife in, tw- in like 10 years <laughs> yes. and you're like, well, I guess it really uh, wasn't that. Can't and watch you, this movie it's anymore. Like you got to respect that. I think you got to respect that. You got to respect that. (laughs) I know. It's really a little
0: awkward. Um, And speaking of wives, you said uh, you showed this to Sarah and she enjoyed it. Uh Uh Yeah. You guys had some nice conversations about it.
2: We talked a little bit about it. And what I was relieved to find out that, like, after it was done, like, she wasn't like. He's such a disgusting pig. Like whether she hmm. felt that or not, I think that she did a great job in at least in at least humoring me and like considering what was well, going on. He's a hero of yours and uh, so uh yeah. she was being being the good wife. And, and she's she's listening right now so hopefully she'll, well, she'll chime in too and and, and let me know. But... Well, I did not have that
0: experience. No. Uh Jenna did not make it through this film. Oh no. Uh and she was like, I don't like this guy. Yeah. He is he is doing some horrible things. Uh I don't like his humor. I don't like not so much that she doesn't like his humor but she and maybe there's some 2019 sensibilities coming to play here. Yeah, there which, are there's some there are some things in this movie that do not age well. It's it's yes, he was groundbreaking. Yes, he was a shock jock. Yes, he was doing things that hadn't been done before. Pushing the envelope, and part of pushing the envelope is uh, facing taboos and, uh-huh. and bringing them into the public conversation where yes. before they were like, oh, we, we don't talk about those things. Uh-huh. We don't say the pussy on the air. We don't say right. cock. We don't make jokes like this. <laughs>
2: that bit was fantastic.
0: We don't have nudity. We don't talk about abortions, uh, not abortions, but uh, miscarriages. miscarriages. Um, no, I mean, we don't talk about them, much less make light of them. Joke of them, yeah, and have God, a facsimile of God yes. <laughs> talking about flushing your uh, child down the toilet. Um, so I, I do understand there's some of that. But here in 2019, we don't have that anymore, uh-huh. and now it just seems like I think that the Mama Look a Boo Boo Day, like yeah. I am
2: Detroit's first black traffic reporter, <laughs> killed a white man. Yeah,
0: is like stuff that Eddie Murphy was doing. Speaking of Eddie Murphy, uh-huh. back in the 70s, um, using and that's when that took place. Like yes. that moment took place in the 70s, using transvestites as a like. There's like the joke is here's a man in a bikini with no further yeah. commentary uh-huh. it seems um exploitative uh-huh exploitative yeah yeah
2: yeah no i i and i I won't argue against that i think there's you, you can't there is definitely a, an exploitative yes. part of howard stern mm-hmm. that's been there since day one yeah. so uh
0: she did not appreciate uh, the antics but more importantly just his behavior here we are he's supposed to be such a sweet guy and i felt bad because i i remembered this film differently yeah and i was talking him up we watched the trailer beforehand and of course the trailer's all like yeah heart jokes and titties uh-huh. and cock and shit um and I was like, "Oh, but he's actually kind of sweet. He's a sweet guy, and it tells his story from a more sweet point of view." And it cut to him like in a bathtub with you know yeah. the the B movie actress. She did not appreciate that. And no. I cannot defend that. No, I, and
2: and and I, the way that they play that, and they do that a couple of times in this movie, where like we want our hero to be tarnished, but not too tarnished, right? And it's like that. I don't believe for one minute. That he just got in this bathtub in his underwear in the moment he hard was punched. He to he got up and he's like, I, gotta I can't do. That. I got to get out of here. That's
0: the story. You're telling this your wife. Is, yeah, exactly. you write right in your autobiography. But, but what really let's happened? Let's ask Fred Norris what, what happened. <laughs> how did it go down? No pun intended. So I
2: have a feeling that some things happened. Uh, and and you know what? None of my business. Sure. It's none of my business. Sure. It made for a funny moment in a movie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, if we're trying to play this as an actual autobiography, you know, there, there's a there is a level of don't bullshit me that right. i kind of go into a movie like this with uh and i feel like i was bullshit a little bit uh, but it still didn't it doesn't affect how much i look up to the guy as far as a radio you know sure. uh, revolutionary oh, well listen i mean i think history has shown that uh people that we
0: we c- c- hold up as heroes sometimes in their personal lives you know aren't we don't want to emulate that behavior right. you know jfk and fucking martin luther king jr like these were... JFK fucked Martin Luther King <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, we don't know. <laughs> no, uh... There's no proof that he didn't. <laughs> that's, right. that's the no. way we work now, The right? opinions of
2: one joke Janata do not is. reflect the opinions Look, of the Look, it's not my name. opinion. It's based on the facts <laughs> I am presenting right now. <laughs>
0: uh, but, uh, you know, we can still appreciate the, the movements that they made and and, and progress, uh, but also recognize that they were
2: flawed human beings. I think there's another thing you can't deny when it comes to this movie and that is how genuine it is when it comes to portraying radio. There there are two... Finally, right? I tell people all the time, I'm like, there are two movies that portray radio about as real as you can get. Love Actually? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) That would be Private Parts and Airheads.
0: Oh yeah, the way
2: that radio works, like Steve Buscemi. It it it's surprising how genuine they present that stuff. And some of the examples that I'll give, like when Howard's in the studio and he's interviewing the uh, he's interviewing the lesbian or whatever he gets he gets the yeah. lesbian on the yeah. air, and uh, and like he's talking to her, and the moment she starts talking, they don't even like call attention to it. If you're paying attention though, you see Fred come over like Howard's shoulder and starts adjusting the levels, her levels. Oh. So that way she's uh. not yet, because obviously, like what I'm led to believe, when I see that happen, like the information that's sent to my head is, oh, they didn't, they didn't do a, a test a sound on check. her, they didn't do a sound check on yeah. her, so now she's she's spiking, so they're going to bring her down a little bit, and there we go. And uh, he we, would know to do that because because that's he's his role that's in his real role. life. It's his, he's an engineer. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a, he's. He's so good at Can to, we talk about him? I love that they <laughs> they present him in this movie like he's a quiet, like just doesn't say anything. But if you were to listen to the show, yes. Fred is a vocal, opinionated guy. And maybe that's something part. that has developed over time. He's my favorite part. He's he's not my favorite part. He he is one of my favorite. Like, I love Fred. Mm-hmm. I love Fred on the actual show, and yeah. I thought he was great in this. Yes. And that's one thing. I do love that Howard included almost everybody from yeah. the show. Jackie the Joke Scott Man. Scott the Engineer is mm-hmm. in there. Uh, but the the relationship between Rob and... I. They're, like I really feel like the Allison thing should have been a B plot. He should have met Robin sooner, and he. Really, yeah. This whole movie should have been about at the NBC, two of them. Yeah. The two of them taking on NBC.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, what do you think of her acting? And I'm using that in finger quotes. Robin chops abilities. Well, well, here's the thing: if you've seen Robin in real life, and I'm sure uh-huh. you have. Watching it was the E Channel, right? Didn't yeah, The E Channel used, used to, used to like show. videotape, and yeah. a, come to think of it, that was my first exposure to him before even hearing him on the air. So she if you have never seen her outside of this film you think well she's not very good like she's kind of stiff and and uh her her if you close your eyes she sounds good she sounds great but i'm not seeing it in her face yet that's exactly who she is that's who she is she like she is being herself and i think she does a great job of I, being herself I, which is a weird yeah. thing to say no
2: but you're right like it's almost like when when you get people on screen they're supposed to act like themselves oh. they suddenly kind of Ricky Bobby it <laughs> yes, it's it's almost like when you tell an actor walk, like when you're filming them, and like oh, now okay. just walk down the street, and now suddenly I they just they don't know how to fucking walk. Left leg in front of the it's right. Like, just what's wrong with you? <laughs> just walk. Uh, no, I thought I thought she's fine. I think she's fine. I honestly, like, I just want to, I want to give credit where credit is fucking due, and mm-hmm. this movie really fucking takes off when Paul Giamatti enters the scene. Yeah, Paul Giamatti, and it's that. It's that I mean you've heard it a million times. Your hero is only as good as your villain, and the people that Howard runs into, the the antagonism and yeah. like the the, uh, the the obstacles he runs into, pale in comparison to when sure. Paul Giamatti's Kenny or Pig Virus Pig vomit, <laughs> Big vomit gets on screen. And like I wanted more of that. Yeah. I really want. And I mean, the, in the book, it goes on for a while, and yeah. I'm like, you really could have made. An hour and a half movie about like with this being the key thing and how it's affecting Howard's life at home and his marriage and his relationship with the people he's working with. And then see him like when he finally resolves things at home, Mm -hmm. how that gives him the confidence and strength to tackle what's What's going on on. at work. Like that's, you know, I wanted so much more. Of seeing like he's so I can't remember what Paul Giamatti has done before this. That movie. was the first thing I story? remember. He's seeing him so in. fucking. I know he's in my best friend's wedding. Mm. He plays like uh um uh, he's he works at the hotel and he does the this shell two this two shell pass with uh that's right yeah with Julia Roberts. That's the only other thing I remember him in around this time, but yeah his. His stuff where he's trying to keep them like, you know, under thumb and, you know, I want you to send me all the scripts. I want you to prove everything. You can't use this language. And even better than that, when they get one over on him and he loses his shit. (laughs) When they call his wife. Oh, my God. (laughs) I wanted that to go on forever. Yeah. you said Forever. Forever. No, we haven't talked about that yet. You know what? We're foreshadowing next week. Ooh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I hear what you're saying, and I do agree. However, that would have ballooned this film to a two-hour film, and I don't think you can lose a lot of the stuff up front. I think they moved along fairly quickly. Uh, maybe lose some of the some of the home stuff with his wife, but I think those scenes See, are the like ones some that of really that's kind of important. Yeah, they really humanize him. Yeah, and uh, uh, some of my favorite scenes are black him, oh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so, <laughs> him seeing him say something on the or y- y- when she has the miscarriage. And then they're laying in bed, and he, he jokes about it, and they're laughing about it. And then he takes it to the air yeah. and thinks, well, if i we got to laugh at home, I'm going to use it as material. And realizing he's crossed a line, yeah. and you see that conflict coming at home. Those are some of my favorite moments. So I don't even think you can lose that.
2: I don't what do you, know what you what do. You lose. Yeah, I mean, I guess you lose some of his previous radio experiences, but you know, you need but those you need to kind that. of build where he's come from. Yes, because otherwise he's just coming right out of the gate as a
0: cocksure, yeah. you know, radio shock jock. Uh-huh. When no, he's just this geeky little Jew from dude,
2: New York, dude, who uh, was f- trying to find himself on the air. His first radio—it's ex- it's cringeworthy, especially when you've been there. When you when like my first shift, when the the weird things you do with your voice when you first go on the air, <laughs> yes. and like. You, uh, well, precipitation is, <laughs> it, and to hear him, it like it makes you think of like all the radio broadcast kids schools, like the, the yes. people that go to broadcast school, guys. Here's a little uh, a little tip from your uncle Joe. <laughs> from your uncle Joe, don't invest money in broadcasting school. Don't invest money in someone giving you like broadcast lessons. Like I know there's people with like a studio that are like you know pay me some money and I'll teach you how to how to put together a da- don't just. Because we live in a, in a in an age right now, and it's so cool, it's so special. I know, that so we, jealous. It's, you could just be you. Mm-hmm. Just be you. That's all you need to be. You don't have to put on like, you know, yeah, sure, if you're going to report the news or report traffic, your boss is always going to tell you, well, talk with a smile. Yes, it makes yeah. you sound better. We can energy. hear the smile in your we voice. We can hear the smile in your voice, and it's going to make you sound more energetic. Hey, everybody. Like, that's great. But honestly, just be you. You go to these radio broadcast schools, and they, they put all the wrong habits into your head, mm-hmm. and it's impossible to break. Or you go, a lot of times, these morning shows, they'll go to these like morning show boot camps where they're taught by people who couldn't make it themselves <laughs> right, yeah. in the industry. Those who can but do. They, yeah, but then they're Those taught these teach. horrible habits. There's this one guy on Hot ninety three three here in Dallas. ninety three. 93.3 and he was uh he was recently on American Ninja Warrior but, oh, yeah. but he didn't make TV. Oh no. And so I went onto the wiki because this is a guy he was basically like it's like a reverse Howard Stern situation oh, no. where he made my life hell at Cumulus. Oh, and so I'm really he's my pig vomit. I he's my pig vomit. Uh and so uh so I wanted to see how well he did on his run on American Ninja <laughs> Warrior. Out on the second obstacle. Oh. <laughs> yes. He didn't even make TV. It's so fucking funny. This is the guy that uh, we did this uh, promotion called stuff bus And they they destroyed an RV that we got for them to camp out in the first year. Second year, I told them I'm like, we can't get an RV if you guys aren't gonna be careful with it. We can't get an RV. No one will deal with us if we keep doing this. And they're like, no, we need an RV. We need somewhere to camp. Why don't you just stay on the bus? Why don't you get a hotel room? Because it's called Stuffabus. Bus. People think we're gonna go. Fucking nobody really believes that. Like it's radio. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody really believes it. We're all gonna play into the illusion of what you're doing on the air, but nobody really fucking believes it. How about you just go home at the end of the night Mm -hmm. and then come back? No, we've got to be like You are such small town, small market. <laughs> so we ended up getting them an RV. What's this guy do? Uh, TV's on their way to come interview them. Uh-huh. He gets in the RV to fucking move it and crashes it no! into the crashes it into Stonebriar Mall. <gasps> crashes what? it into a pillar. How do you do that because he, how do you do it by being the dumbest fuck <sighs> ever? That's Scotty K. Uh, 93. Hot, hot 93. Three. But he also, he's like, he screams into the microphone when oh, he talks. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Yeah, because like microphones don't pick up sound or anything. Yeah, yeah. So he's got to be on out the, out the mic like this. And uh, another cool thing that they do, is, since we're shitting on bad DJs, <laughs> sure. uh, they do this thing in the morning where they do contests, mm-hmm. but it's them that compete against each other. Oh, and right. then the yeah, listeners yeah, yeah. call up and judge because it probably wouldn't be fun for a listener to take part in a contest. <laughs> Fucking stupid motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, so it's going to come as no surprise that he's now leaving Dallas. August first is going to be his final day. Oh, uh, I'm going to fucking Cumulus. I'm gonna wait downstairs. No, and I am going to. I'm gonna have an American Ninja Warrior sign like <laughs> as he leaves. I'll be like, I'm gonna see if you could last longer Just than be you the did bigger on the man. Course. Be the bigger. I'm not. Person I'm five like five seven. Let I can't be, be nice. the bigger no. man. <laughs> I can't be the bigger man. Fuck him. Uh, so yeah, there's a little bit of personal life in there. I hear what you're saying. Uh, no. So uh, so it's. That is the thing that I read that I get out of this is like seeing what happens with Kenny at the end. Where like you know it, it Howard, despite everybody's misgivings and despite everyone trying to keep him wrangled, mm-hmm. he ends up becoming number one in the market. Yeah, and then Kenny, will be heard. Kenny shows up at the door and he's like, "Howard, you and me, you and me, we're number one. You know what? No more fighting you on this. I'm gonna... We're on the same team now. Yeah. You're going to need a friend on the inside. Yeah, and just that one that look from Howard. He's like fuck you. Yeah. And he just fucking slams the door on his face. So satisfying. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. the best. Uh so if anything, this movie does succeed in giving me that fucking feeling at the end where it's like <laughs> fuck yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, no other medium besides radio it seems like uh fr- from what you hear from from uh, the likes of Howard Stern and other uh personalities who have kind of bucked this system, uh-huh. you know, and and uh broken out despite uh, what some of the things you're telling about, you know, always got to say the, the time and the weather, <laughs> dude. That's so great.
2: <laughs> My grandmother died, <laughs> exactly. She was in a car accident, it's 87 degrees, it's 87 degrees, 715. 15. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it shines a light on yeah. the yeah. stupid fucking tropes, like yeah. the stupid, they like it doesn't matter, gotta hit your post, you know. But giving the time, giving the time and temp, you know. Guys, people listen to the radio in a car. Yes. There's a clock on the fucking dash. Exactly. Why are we fucking giving them the time? Right.
0: Yeah. Unnecessary.
2: Times have changed. Yes, they have. And now we any need to schmuck evolve. with
0: $50 and a microphone and a Mac <laughs> can laptop can, talk can about fucking movies. be pretend to be on the radio <laughs> and judge people. That's right. That's what I love to do. That's I'd the like internet, man. To, you should go back and listen to some of our earlier episodes because I'm totally not my. Not that I'm myself now. Yeah. But. Uh, I was totally I think there's a level of comfort that be. we've achieved between oh, the two of us. Well, it helps it being, yeah, with you, but uh, no, I'm just no, I, I you you have certainly helped me. Uh, not that I'm even <laughs> aspiring to be anything beyond. Like I have no misgivings that this is anything beyond just two
2: schmucks sitting in a room. Every once in a while we get uh, you know, a sponsorship. Yeah, that's what, yeah. video blocks. That's every once <laughs> Every once <laughs> every- we get a
0: sponsor. Um, but we're just doing this because it's fun and it's entertaining and we like movies and it gives us an excuse to hang out. And once a week, that right? is
2: what Howard was getting out of being on the air. There you go. And that's the beautiful thing about that story is that someone took something that they loved and they were able to make it their own. They were able to do something. When, when people said what you're doing, your brand isn't working and he had a vision for it and made it work. And it's the Rudy of radio. Yes. <laughs> and there's something kind of special about that. Uh, there there are some things that, when I talked about like how genuine this movie could be, there are also a couple of things uh, that aren't very genuine. Oh, yeah? Uh, when he goes to Detroit to work at that rock station for the first time, and he yeah. comes in, and there's that guy, the Duke, and he's like, yeah. hey, it's Big Bird, guys. Yeah. Big Bird. It's the Big Bird show. All right, I'm out of here. I'll see you tomorrow. If you can't be good, be bad, baby. <laughs> and he leaves. He he's long. like, don't hurt yourself. Like, straight up dick. Like it is straight. And the thing is, guys, This personality exists in Rome. Oh, absolutely! Like there's always a pissing contest, but at some like it's two, three minutes later because Allison has left Howard. This is after the. Isn't this after the bathtub incident? She doesn't go to Detroit with him. And um, I love that part where Fred's helping him pack, and he's like, "He's like, Fred, I just don't know what to do, man. What What do you think? (laughs) I don't know. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Fred. I can always count on you. So no, he. Uh, but he he calls like. There's this whole like montage of him like writing writing Allison all these letters, mm-hmm. calling Allison, and at one point he's in a phone booth and there's a billboard of the Duke of Rock right in the background. There ain't no fucking way a radio station's investing <laughs> money to do a billboard for a guy who's on from midnight to five. Exactly, well, that's a good point too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Plus, uh, who is going to recognize your face? <laughs> like, why even have a billboard? But you know what? For you, radio you say that, but the there people.
2: are so many.
0: Scotty K and Brett Meghan, well, yeah hot ninety two. Because they're fucking narcissists who like <laughs> have written it in their contract. They want because they want to most I don't know. You tell me. Do people get into radio nowadays, or did they, in your time, wanting to just be in radio, or did they see it as a this is a stepping stone, and then I'll and then I'll be like Howard Stern are, and then I'll
2: be on TV and then I'll get my own movie and then I'll write books. There are there are three different types okay. that I know of. That's here. Uh you've got type one mm-hmm. who Get into radio, and that 's what they want to do, mm-hmm. and they 're perfectly content doing it, and that's the that 's the life that they want to live it 's the art that they want to they want to show and display and be a part of mm-hmm. you know that 's their thing it 's their passion for some reason like it's something that's instilled in them, like maybe somebody in that was close to them listened to radio a lot when they were kids, and so they got into it then you 've got the what I like to call like the playboy models of radio <laughs> that get into radio because they think it's going to be a stepping stone to get into something else. Uh, they're the people that get started in promotions and don't last in promotions because they they want it like I should be on the air right now, and that's something that I try to when I when I worked in Ray when I worked in when I worked in promotions as the as the director or even when I was on air the thing that I would try to tell people is there's no there's nothing wrong with having ambition you should have ambition yeah you should never want to just stay where you are of forever yeah. you should want to grow, grow and... that's great but at the same time you need to recognize the job you have right now. And do that job as well as you can, and prove to people yeah. that you did this well. What else can you do really well? Right. And earn your way. And fucking millennials. So, but you've got. But you've got that second type is the person that wants to just. Dis- I deserve this right now. I went yeah. to broadcasting school, so I know all this already. Uh, I I got the shortcut. Yeah, there is no fucking shortcut, and nobody owes you anything. The moment you think you're done paying your dues is the moment you're dead. Stop trying to make something happen yeah. like you know what don't stop trying to make something happen you should want to make something happen but don't feel like someone deserves that, that they deserve to give it to you that no. someone owes you that then you've got the third type and that's me <laughs> i never in my life anticipated being in radio i never hmm. wanted to be in radio i never thought about being interesting in radio. uh i worked at a law firm what uh yeah dude this. this was after this was after a, a kind of a, a rough breakup uh, and, uh, and after, well, no, that was, that was on the, on the cusp of the breakup. Actually, it was after, uh, I <laughs> had a little bit of trouble with school uh-huh. and came back to Texas and decided, you know, I went back, to start taking some classes and I was going to be in law. And I got a job at a law firm, and I was clerking, and you know, just wow. doing everything I can to kind of learn the ropes of what was going on there. And uh, I didn't get along with the attorney that I worked for, and ended up having to do something that I wasn't comfortable with. Ooh. And my sister at the time was a receptionist for Q One Hundred and Two. It was a Heritage Rock radio station here in Dallas. And it was course. around forever. Uh forever. And we, she worked. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we'll get to that one. It's foreshadowing. They worked uh, about two blocks away from where I was, so <laughs> she and I would do lunch constantly. And, uh, and one day I went into the law firm and, and the attorney asked me to do something I wasn't comfortable with. I did it, came back, told him I quit almost like Howard. I think I quit. Yeah, I quit. I like that. Uh, And, uh, and ended up going to do lunch with my sister and a bunch of guys were getting ready. They were running around the station. You know, it was, it was crazy. And, uh, and one of them, this guy, Frank, that I had, I, you know, kind of had conversations with in the past. Mm -hmm. He was the, the promotions coordinator. It was like, Hey, what are you going to do today? I'm like, I don't know. I quit my job. So I'm probably going to get stoned and play some playstation or something <laughs> and he's like no not tonight and he throws a t-shirt at me and he's like we had a guy didn't show up we need an extra set of hands nice so like an hour and a half later i'm at the bronco remember the bronco bowl i do yes. yeah dude oh, i, I was place. at the bronco bowl backstage bringing listeners to meet motley crew <laughs> and was like i thought it was cool and i didn't like get starstruck or anything like that like i kind of sat there and looked at them and i, I remember the thought going through my head was like wow, these are like the famous guys I used to watch on TV, but like swollen. Like they just, like they don't quite look like how I yeah. wanted them to look or how I remember them looking. Maybe the camera doesn't add 10 pounds. <laughs> and so, uh, so I brought people backstage to meet them and then we finished the job and the next day I got a call from their promotions director uh, and he was like, hey, we really like the way that you handled yourself. That cool. other guy, we let him go. Nice. And we were curious if you'd like to get involved, if you'd like to work for us. And I was like, it's sure, man, they're like, it's a part-time job, but also you have mascot training. Like I had done some mascot work for the oh, Dallas really? burn. Oh, that's awesome. like, we're looking at doing a mascot for one of our radio stations. Oh, no. And not only would you make part-time pay, but we'll also get you talent fees for doing appearances. Nice. Stuff. So that was how I started in radio. Was Holy doing promotions. Shit. So I didn't have any kind of like thought of anything more than that. That was just going to be a cool part-time job. Mm-hmm. So I started working like part-time gigs. And I started working, uh, bringing the weekend parties with Redbeard legendary DJ yeah. render. And one day we were hanging out doing this, bring in the weekend party. He was doing a live, a live shot. And then he finished up and I did an announcement saying, we're going to start giving, doing some giveaways. He stops me afterwards. And he's like, Hey, you've got a great voice. Have you ever thought about being on air? And I was like, yeah, no, I don't know that it sounds fun. He's like, you know what? Come into the studio next week and I'll show you some stuff. Nice. So he started teaching me all Aww. teaching me the ropes. I on love the that. Air. And uh, I was actually supposed to do a late night shift when ownership brought everybody in and canned everyone. Oh, and that's, no. that's when they flipped the format for Q102.
0: That sounds just like... That's like the stereotypical radio story, right? Yeah, Everything yeah. was going great, and then they switched formats, uh-huh. which I, I love when it happens in this film, too. When, uh-huh. they, go, uh, when
2: they go country. Country. Everybody's and it, and it happens has. that abruptly. Like oh, yeah. When the PD shows up out of nowhere, and he's like, we're going to change it. We're looking for a a, a unique foothold in the market. Yep, yep. And that's that's not bullshit. That is what PDs say when a station owner tells him mm-hmm. we're doing this now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you either drink the Kool-Aid or you get the fuck out. And what I admire about Howard is that there are several times where someone said drink the Kool Aid or GTFO yeah, and, and he he's... got the fuck out. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, that's that's how my journey in radio started. And that's that's awesome. that third type that like you get in there by accident and you end up loving it. And you love it for I feel like the right reasons for yeah. what it represents for the the legacy the history of radio. And
0: you were well you were a talk radio fan beforehand.
2: So yeah. that helps. You yeah. didn't yeah. You, you got into it for the right reason. So and that guys uh I'm sorry to bore you with that story No, that's, that's well that's why we're doing this episode here. That's why I, I I dig Howard Stern. I I admire him for what he's achieved and you know th- this movie while it doesn't portray exactly how I would have liked for it to portray his rise. Oh yeah. I, I still think that it's a cool story. It's a nice
0: dramatization. Yeah. That's yeah, fun. You get to see a little. There's a lot of fan
2: service in there. That's yeah. why we have. Uh, uh, Gary show up. <laughs> Gary. do his, his stuff. He's got a. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Bass. Um, yeah. Uh, I can't remember fuck. her first name. Yeah. Oh, but she was on shit. WWE for a short time. Yeah. But I love that part where she starts flexing and she's like, was my voice too deep? He's like, <laughs> yes. no. Sounded very feminine. I love that. <laughs> uh, it's. You know what? It, it's it's great. It, it's for what it is. It's not trying to like break the mold of filmmaking,
0: but it's no, it's fine. It's what you would expect from a film about Howard Stern. So yeah. there's a little bit of fan service stuff in there, but then there's more uh, kind of beneath the surface that uh-huh. uh, it was better than it
2: had to be. Yeah. I'd like to say. Um, do you have any other notes about that? I do not. No. No. All right. Would you recommend this movie? Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, even if you are not into uh, talk radio, uh, I think it's compelling enough. I think the story's there. I think you it, it'll make, kind of make you think a little more about the, the radio stations and the DJs that you listen to, if in fact you do yeah. in 2019, uh-huh. uh, listen to radio. Um, and again, it's a nice story about kind of the work family, which yeah. I, I always love uh, uh, films and, and TV shows about the work family. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of drama to be had. And I feel like there's probably even more that's on the cutting room floor that, uh, that could have added to this film. Sure. Um, but but as it is, it's a nice, tight little encapsulated story. Uh-huh. You love him or hate him, uh, you got to at least respect... got to uh, give him credit for what he's achieved. That he, Yeah, yeah. He found his audience and he uh, blazed
2: a trail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would absol- absolutely... Uh, <laughs> I would try to say obviously and absolutely at the same time. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, I would absolutely recommend the film. Uh, I do know that there's a lot of sexist and racially charged jokes sure. that don't age well. Yeah. Uh, but I think despite that... What that is, I mean, it is, to use the term time capsule, those things, like, it's a time capsule. I was just... And it it kind of illustrates the things that were taboo and like but still kind of acceptable Mm -hmm. at the time
0: do you still listen to howard stern
2: every once in a while i'll i'll catch like a rebroadcast on like youtube or yeah yeah so i don't i don't i don't subscribe to Sirius. has he i don't believe in paying for something we get for free right yeah (laughs) Yeah. has
0: he evolved his his style since then or is he Uh, still kind of doing the stuttering gary and
2: well they 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 still do some of that but i'll tell you he's he's become and i think his new book if you you should check out his new book howard stern comes again he's become <laughs> yeah i know he's become a really fantastic Jesus. interviewer like oh the, we haven't even talked about the, that the guests that he gets like he he gets some like and i think his work doing like america's got talent legitimized him a little bit more yeah and made him it put him more in the public eye And uh, made him seem more accessible to people. And so he gets different guests now. But his interviews, like the interview he did with Stephen Colbert, where he gets Stephen Colbert to open up about his family life and his father's, Really? Wow, this is fascinating. Like, he has found his stride as far as, like, where he's, when he's eventually going to leave his legacy as a broadcaster. That is, I think, going to be a high point of it. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Alec Baldwin comes in to do, like, five minutes to promote his new film. And then the next thing you know, it's been an hour Uh and... He's talking about his childhood and yeah. uh, or his relationships, and he's like, "Wow, you're really getting a glimpse." You know, you you watch Letterman or mm-hmm. you watch any of those shows where they're you know when, when the celebrities come on because they're hawking their new film, they films, just kiss you're their ass, the same yeah. fucking shit. You never learn anything about the people, or it's Jimmy Fallon. He makes them play a stupid game, exactly, which is entertaining in its own right. But uh, there's something deeper about, and I think that's why you and I both love talk radio. It's more about the relationships. You get into deeper themes, and it's. To spend an hour a day with, or, or a week with, with the same people and kind of grow along with them. Yeah. You almost feel like you're, you know, you're living in tandem with sure. these faceless uh, voices. Right. And
2: they're a part of your life. Uh huh. It's building a connection. Sure. And, and, I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we come in alone and we go out alone. Mm hmm. But if in the middle of it we can establish connections, and not just connections with the people that are around us and the people we already, you know, we know and love, but to establish a, a deeper connection yeah. with something, I think is beautiful. I think that's great, and I don't think that's what Howard Stern really set out to do. No, but it's what he's done, and good for you on that, man. Yeah. Uh, what did Private Parts do right? Do rights. What did you pick? I think that uh, <laughs> I think what it did right was. Uh, I think the uh, the, how genuine they portrayed radio and how radio works like there's there was a scene where like Howard was working in Washington Mm -hmm. and Allison Janney we haven't even talked about Allison Janney playing. she's so good but like the way that he's like when he's in the room and he's got like people they're all yelling at him and I was telling Sarah I'm like okay so that guy is asking Allison Janney why is he doing that I'll make him stop so obviously he's the the head of programming mm-hmm. she's his program director mm-hmm. and then there's another guy who comes in and starts like getting pissed about muffler city I'm like okay so he must be the sales the director sales guy. and then like somebody else comes in and is like and we just lost this i'm like okay that must be either another salesperson mm-hmm. or they have a sales manager too mm-hmm. who's come mm-hmm. in uh but like just kind of putting the pieces together. They don't spell it out for you while you're watching the movie, but if you've worked in that environment, you're like, oh, yeah, it's this, this, this. And so there's another level of enjoyment trying to kind of piece that together and also knowing those personalities, having worked around people like that. Radio, for as much as I romanticized my experiences at Mm iHeart, I will say like the personalities that they portray in this movie are spot on because you have, more often than not, you have shitty people working in the industry <laughs> and, and I and I and I'm trying to say that as delicately as I can yeah, well like I was lucky I think it's a one in a million shot that I got to work with people like Patrick Davis who's one of the head of programming in, in for Iheart mm. and he's the program director for kiss FM uh, oh, yeah. you know I, I I lucked out getting to work with Redbeard I lucked out getting to work even with like Lex and Terry and Peter Welton I'm gonna just start like and Pat McMahon uh, Amy Austin uh, I got so Anna deharo Jesus I, I got a i gotta give her credit now you're just uh, making frida ross up. no the these people that i worked with that like the, the painter uh yes frida. <laughs> uh but uh, ben martin oh my god i can't i can't talk about people that i love and have influenced me in radio and not talk about ben martin Bo and jim jim white jesus oh, yeah, jim white i i owe my life to him like over and over again uh these people that it was a perfect storm of radio that i got to get into but despite that i also had when I was the program dir- or the promotions director for the Eagle, mm-hmm. I worked for this guy named Rob Riddlemoser, mm. who was this big jacked muscle guy, huh. really in like he, his, his style of management was to bully everybody. Bro, oh, I hate those. And guys. he came from a, like the competition and he had already wanted to put somebody else where I was. He, and so he was trying to do the Kenny thing, like try to push me out. Yeah. And because of Jim White, God bless you, Jim White, because of him. I was able to get out of that situation and still stay in radio. Hmm. Um but uh but yeah like there are those people, those people that fail upwards. People that used to be like oh, yeah. the best way I could describe it is fucking car salesmen oh, who yeah. start working in fucking radio and become radio management and it's like why the fuck are you here? Yeah. Because you I think it'd be cool to be on the air. Like, we had a guy who was like one of our, uh, our, our, our I think, like market managers or, or regionals who came in and he took all like the records off the walls and and, and was like, this is a media company, not just a radio station. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I'm like, but that's kind of the magic of when people come in here. It's the like, history, too. Exactly. There's a legacy. And when you do that, you take that away. But, when someone doesn't understand that, when someone comes into radio and they don't understand that, then that tells me you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. You're a flash in the pan. Right. Uh, like when DJs come in, like Scotty and fucking Brett from 90 hot 93, three, they came from Chicago and like the, they, they kept, talking about texas every time they went on the air they're like so texas texas likes to do it like this texas likes to do it like that guys you know because we're texans we and i'm like you know what there's something that's going to separate you from the radio hall of famers bo and jim who have been in texas for fucking ever there's something that separates you guys and it's the fact that they don't ever talk about fucking texas that's such a poser thing to do. it's a poser fucking thing to do and you can tell like these people that come in and you're like you're not gonna last you're just a blip you are just a blip in the landscape of radio. No one's ever going to remember you. Yeah. And that's the same way I feel about some of these suits that come in and they don't even know what the fuck they're talking mm-hmm. about. So they, they knew someone who put them somewhere. Right. And they're like, all right, we, we need to either pay out a contract. We made a mistake signing. this. Guy. No matter what. I mean, shit happens in radio and people get put in places and fail upwards and people suffer because of it. And that's happened. But luckily, at iHeart, it didn't happen as much. Uh, but but all that to say, man, I've gone on forever talking about this. <laughs> this was the, what did this movie do right I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> but what it did do right was just how genuine it was uh, in pinpointing yeah. the, the personality types that you will find in radio.
0: I think what it did right was, uh, well said, by the way. I applaud all that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I, think, I think what it did right is kind of make you forget that it blurred the line between real people and actors. Yeah. Like, I totally bought into, I know this is Howard Stern, I know he looks. Like he even he breaks that fourth wall several times. Like early on when he's talking about going to college, he's like, yeah. all right, I know I look a little over college. You're just gonna have to s- suspend disbelief." Sure, and you do. Uh-huh. And I, I I didn't care that Mary McCormick isn't really his wife. I bought them as a couple. I didn't care that Robin Givens isn't an actress. Givens, Robin <laughs> Quivers.
2: <laughs> Although Howard Stern dated Robin Givens after Shut he divorced up. his wife. Really? Yeah, I didn't
0: know that. That's weird. Didn't bother me that she wasn't an actress, that she was playing herself. Same with Fred Norris. Just uh, a genuine uh, believability sure. about all of the players on screen. Yeah. What
2: did this movie do wrong? Uh,
0: for every one of those, uh, I feel like the tone gets a little too into the cartoony comedy characters. As much as I love the Paul Giamatti character he, and and uh, his earlier program director. Um, Mati? Yeah, that fuck guy, you a thousand percent. They kind of just seemed like uh, stereotypes, which is fine. Kenny,
2: I, I mean, you, you you had to be there. No, no. <laughs> like I, I hear like, you saying, like I that's feel like probably that pretty is spot pretty on, huh? spot on. Yeah. The maybe not so much. I can't imagine this guy being a fucking a station manager, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I I hear what you're saying. Yeah. You know, there are for everything that's believable. There's stuff that's like really verged a little bit on the uh, on the fantastic side. Yeah. But, uh, but that's a that's a minor quibble. I think that the the movie the movie confused what its point was supposed to be about halfway yeah, through. Yep. That's what I felt like it did wrong. It, it it kind of lost sight of what its focus was. And it's, like, it's almost like halfway through this movie, it was like, oh, wait, this guy's a goofy radio shock jock. We need to do something goofy. And it's almost like, wow, you were really getting by on being just genuine and sweet there for right. a little while. Yeah. You didn't have to jump right back into that. Um, one of my favorite moments, though is where he and Robin, he's on the mic, and he's talking about, like, I was a nom. What were you? You were a captain? Yeah, well, I was I a that. captain. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, and seeing, like, him start, the wheels start turning in his head about the bullshit, right. and seeing those things go go back and forth and how they work together, mm-hmm. I love that. I, I love that. I love that we see the, the juxtaposition then between him and... Uh, and uh, and Ross, w- what's his name, Willingham, the guy who was their news director after they fired. Oh, Robin. oh poor guy! <laughs> yes. I did some summer stock. I did summer stock. <laughs> yes, and we know you're very proud of that summer stock. <laughs> uh, but to kind of see that relationship, but I do feel like there's no way, and this is still in the topic of what I think it did wrong. There's mm-hmm. no way that Howard could then use that to leverage getting Robin back. Yeah, like that, that, w- that seemed a little convenient.
0: Little, yeah, it's like really, even 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 if. They got that guy fired, and it's like, well, oh, we can't find anybody else to take the place. Then they would just go without it. Yeah. I mean, oh, that one, or they you did. could find somebody they did. for a while.
2: Howard was reading the news. <laughs> Which is also a funny part. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I agree with you. All right, so if we were going to remake... This movie, yeah. how, how would we do that? This is Joel? a
0: tough one to do. I've only recast five, and I've kind of had to get a little clever with it. Um, okay. Do you have a do you have a theme
2: or something? I, I kind of have a theme, but okay. let's let's just go back and forth
0: here. Well, mine's not really going to be able to work that way, I think, because uh, there's no way to. Uh, this is a biopic, right? So uh-huh. it's about Howard Stern and the real life people sure. uh, that it, in his story. So you can't really, like, I'm not going to bother like recasting can't, can't Howard, Stern Howard Stern with write, an actor. Yeah. So I'm just going to choose a different person. Okay. A, a real life person and then some actors sprinkled in there. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to choose uh, Adam Carolla. He's somebody, he's kind of my Howard Stern. Ace. Not a listener anymore. Um, maybe when when Trump's out of office, I'll be able to start listening. Yeah, to Politics. he is a Trump supporter. It's so weird to kind of see the flip uh, from... When he was in his love line days, when he's like you know fighting for the the, the underdogs and yeah. every you know every, everybody let their freak flag fly as he right. likes to say, yeah. and It's like you can do whatever. And then he was the fact that he's like best
2: friends with Jimmy Kimmel, you're like, yeah, wow, exactly. how did this
0: work? And, and now just he's just turned into like you know your grandpa, your racist grandpa, a yeah, little bit. Um, but uh, so, well, that's even a soundbite though. <laughs> Tell us more about it, Grandpa, <laughs> grandpa Carola. Carola. That's right, it's <laughs> a good point. Uh, but still, I I, uh, I have uh, much admiration for him, and he's. He's still funny as hell. The no matter where your politics lie. Um, sure. So I'm going to make this uh, Adam Carolla's private parts. Nice. Uh, in the role of Robin Quivers, we're going to go with Alison Rosen. I know she's not uh, on that show anymore. Well, uh,
2: Alison Stern isn't a part of Howard Stern's life anymore. There so. you go. Yeah, Might as well. And
0: then uh, instead of Fred Norris, we'll have bald Brian playing that role. Nice. Uh, however, I do have two actors. Uh, David Alan Greer. We have... Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. you got to
2: put David Alan Greer in this. Oh,
0: I didn't think about that.
2: Oh, shit.
0: All right, well, there you go. J- j- uh, j- Jackie the Joke Man... There you go. Is uh now David Downer, Larry, Larry Miller, no,
2: Larry Miller's on his podcast all the time. That's true.
0: I know, but I, I'm just trying to fill come roles on. from this movie. Come on, come on. Um, so Allison Stern, or at least in in real life, Lynette Carolla. How about uh, Perry Gilpin? You know who she yeah. is? She's, yes, she was from uh, Fraser. Roz from Fraser. Uh-huh. She kind of looks like his real life uh, wife. Wow. So I think I'm gonna real re- life wife recast her. And then uh, for pig vomit, how about uh, Jenna? Came up with this one. How about Rob Schneider? Sniveling little Rob Schneider. I think that works, man. I think
2: so, too. I think when I think of Rob Schneider, I do think of a pig vomiting Uh quite a bit. All this directed by Greta Gerwig. I like this. Another female director. I like this. I kind of went a similar way. I feel like it's impossible to recast something when it's someone else's life. Yes. So you just have to recreate based on something else. There you go. Uh, So what I did was I made it about us, about our podcast. I love when you do this. So uh, obviously the uh, the focus, though, would be the... uh, It would be the photogenic <laughs> half of our podcast. Oh, shut up! That would be uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, that would be you. No. It would be Joel Burnson as oh, Howard no. Stern. Oh, that's awful. Uh, Robin, well, do have the nose. Robin, okay. Robin Quivers. Mm-hmm. We would have. Uh, it would be Hillary Evan Thomas. Oh, she is a friend Robin. of the show. She would be the Robin of the. Uh, she is of the podcast. Love this. Yeah. Uh, your Allison Stern, mm-hmm. your wife. That would be Jenna. Yeah. Jenna would obviously be that. Oh, I love that. Uh, Fred Norris. Fred Norris would probably be uh, Doden. Yes, I think uh, that's perfect. And then the the Kenny the pig vomit character, <laughs> yeah. it'd be me. Oh come on! I, I would love to play that role. Uh, I would also be directing. Who's this. Fred Norris though? For, that would be Doden. Oh, that's I Doden. just said. Oh, I'm, it would sorry. Be Doden. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so there you go
0: I love that (laughs) idea although I really think you should have made that yourself no man no
2: I get to do this in real life so I get to change things up a little bit all right Uh, guys if you have any thoughts about Howard Stern's private parts uh, the movie (laughs) uh, uh, go ahead and let us know go to facebook.com slash editing bay find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes Uh, you can also find it if you put editing bay in the search bar click on that and that's where you can find us talk back to us let us know what you think about the movie if you got thoughts about the recasting uh, just thoughts about the movie in general if we skipped over something let us know there uh, or you know if you're watching us live on Facebook live hey, you could uh, let us know on the uh, on the chat stream <laughs> Joel awkwardly Chris McCord is Chris watching McC- live. McCord McCord, McCord. I went to watching. high school with him there you go he's hey a there. chef now hey. apparently a really accomplished chef well, hey there chef so McCord we need, we need some food Thanks chef we're watching we oui, chef oui. <laughs> you got to speak in, in French we oui, chef um, now let us know what you think and if you've got ideas for movies for us to talk about in the future go ahead and put your suggestions there as well we've also got
0: a website. We do because it's the year twenty nineteen. <laughs> so go to WWW uh I should do my radio voice. The, the editing bay W-A-N-B-C. You're going to find uh, links to all of our past episodes. On, I can't do that. Links to all of our past episodes on the little archive tab there because if you're subscribing, you're only getting the most recent 100 episodes uh-huh. because Squarespace won't uh, let us put more than uh, on our RSS feed. So uh, Squarespace. You want to hear all of them, you got to go to editingbay.com. Also, you're going to find links to our social uh, networks there, the aforementioned Facebook page, and also our Twitter handle, which is at the Editing Bay. Please go there, follow us. You're always going to be the first to know what episodes we're doing. In fact, if you're following us now, you already know what episodes, uh, the next two episodes are going to be. Yeah, Even Joe doesn't know. He's I, looking I, at me with a <laughs> like, what? furrowed brow. Oh, my gosh. It's, uh, it's the
2: future, man. <laughs> uh, so all that and more on EditingBay.com. Guys, please leave us a rating and a review on your podcasting app. Five-star review would be preferable, even if you have criticisms. If you have something that you think we could be doing better, just tag it with five stars, uh, and that would be great. I mean, if you do less than 5 you're kind of a dick. <laughs> and uh, And we don't want dicks listening to our radio show anyway Hmm. should we call it a radio show (laughs) our podcast (laughs) talk about radio for so long it's our radio show it's the Joe Guginati show um also uh what what else do I want to plug before we get done with this thing Mm. what 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 are we going to talk about next week
0: well Joe uh we're coming up on the 4th of July yeah, here it is. This will be our big Fourth of July episode. I'll be out of town. You are out of town, so we're gonna have to record this one uh, a little sooner, right after the usual Whoa. Facebook listeners. Whoa, wait a, wait a, <laughs> we're about to go into part two of the double feature. Way to take the magic out of it. Sorry, Joe. nobody's gonna know. Uh oh. But yeah, if you're watching on Facebook, you're gonna get to uh, see two episodes for the price of one it's tonight. Preview of next week. So Fourth uh, of July, and uh, wanted to find something that's uh, indicative of uh, kind of Americana and that feeling you get around Fourth of July. Also, this Fourth of July. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, you're going to be treated to the season three premiere. Yeah. I say premiere, but it's, it's they the just entire dumped the whole season. Thing. Exactly, because it's 2019. Uh, Stranger Things coming out. And uh, so try to find something that's uh, 4th of July themed, but also kind of has that kids on bike feel that yeah. makes you think about uh, what it was like being a child, uh-huh. maybe in the 1950s, uh-huh. maybe uh, playing a little bit of uh, America's Pastime the 60s. with your friends. What? It takes place in the 60s. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 62. I'm talking about <laughs> The Sandlot. <What>? 1993's The <laughs> Sandlot, starring uh, a bunch of kids. Mm. <laughs> starring a bunch of kids. And Dennis Leary. James Earl Jones. And, uh, and your least favorite Indiana Jones chick. That's right. Who I confused her. Jenna was like, oh, I know her from uh, Scrooge. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that actress is dead. She died a couple years ago. Did you know that? Wait, what? Yeah, Margot Kidder. She died. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh, She does kind of resemble Margot Kidder. They look
0: very identical. and Of course, were uh, popular at that same time. But uh, no, still with us, Karen Allen, Uh uh, starring in this uh, delightful little film about uh, 1960s uh, and kids playing baseball and uh,
2: trying to get their baseball back. Yeah. I want my baseball back, baseball back, baseball back, baseball back, baseball back. I want my baseball back, baseball back. Sixties baseball back, bam. <laughs> Fourth of uh, July. Uh, okay. So, man, what else? Do you have anything you want to plug? No, just no? The show, guys. Uh, if you, uh, if you watch anime, if you dig on the anime, oh yeah. Uh, Funimation has a show called Midnight Occult Civil Servants. Oh, you were showing me clips of this earlier. And I earlier. do a voice in it. You do great too, I'm, man. Uh, thank you so it's much. It's So yeah. weird to like see uh your voice come out of uh, flapping of an anime character. That's right. Yeah. I showed Joel a little bit of it before we got started. But it um, works. I play a character named uh, Satoru Konoichi. Hey. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, and it's all about like people that can uh, that can see ghosts. Basically, it's like the sixth sense mm. and supernatural put things. into an anime where there's, uh, there's like ghosts and demons and they, there's kind of a war going on with them. And there's this one guy named uh, Arata who can see them and speak with them. And is trying to kind of bring peace between them and the human world, and I play uh, a character who uh, who doesn't quite want to see a peaceful resolution, Uh-oh. or does he? Uh-oh. He's, uh oh. He's 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 a character with kind of a complicated past. Layered. He's a complicated man, <laughs> and no one understands him <laughs> but Look his, his woman. woman, Satoru Konoichi. <laughs> I'll just talk about (laughs) Konoichi. We could dig it. No, uh, okay, so it's called Midnight Occult Civil Servants. Uh, Check that out if you can, if you've got the Funimation app. I don't know if it's on Crunchyroll, maybe. I don't know. Crunchyroll. See, that Crunchyroll. That Crunchyroll. Man, we are never going to end this episode. Uh, all right, so check us out next week, or if you're watching the stream right now, right we're now. going to be talking about the Sandlot. Yeah. Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Ugh. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. Guys, we'll see you next week or a couple minutes for the Sandlots. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
0: You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking
1: gold.